Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. I have with me today Elaine Longer, who is an alumna of the Walton College's MBA program before it was called the Walton College, and she also has a CFA. Back in 1986, she founded Longer Investments, Inc. in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and it was merged with Prime Capital Investment Advisors several months ago and is now called Longer Financial. Thank you for joining me today, Thank Elaine. you. It's great to be here. Elaine, you know, today, as you know, the Walton College values are represented by EPIC, Excellence, Professionalism, Innovation, and Collegiality. And when I think of you, two things that really stand out to me are excellence and professionalism. So, Elaine, you got a CFA designation, which is a very significant achievement, not long after getting your MBA, and then you founded your investment company. And back then, there were very few people who received that designation that were women. I think it's still not very common. So what was it like getting into the financial industry at a time when women weren't really very involved in it? Well, this comes to the question of some of the values of my MBA program. And one of the most important, it wasn't just the education in the classroom, but my mentors. Dr. Kennedy and Dr. Harold Doolin were both CFAs. And so I think at that point there may have been four or five CFAs in the entire state of Arkansas. <laughs> and two of them were here at the Walton College. Both of them were just so sharing of their knowledge. They continued to mentor me after I left the MBA program and launched into the business world. So I knew I wanted to do the path of the CFA. And thankfully, my first employer, when I left the university, I went to work at First National Bank, and they had never hired anyone that wanted to do the CFA program, but they were completely supportive of it. Well, that's great. Mm -hmm. Well, would you tell me a little bit about your career and your decision to start your own company and so forth? Well, that's really an interesting question because... Um, when I went to work for John Lewis's bank, First National Bank, that was a generationally owned family bank. And um, he was in the process of selling the bank to Joe Girard of the Rose Law Firm in Little Rock. And Joe Girard was putting together a four-bank holding company of which First National Bank would be the anchor bank. And so when I came in to interview straight out of the MBA program, I was actually hired as trust investment officer, which I look back on that, I still have to pinch myself, you know, to come straight out of a, a graduate degree and go into actually being responsible for trust investments. Then once Joe Girard finished putting together the four bank holding company, he sold that to Worthen, a banking company in Little Rock, and they ended up in a bad repo deal Apparently, they had to come up with a large amount of money over the weekend or they would face a problem with the comptroller of the currency on Monday. <laughs> and they sold the bank back out to J.B. Hunt, who owned J.B. Hunt Transportation. 
So J.B. Hunt actually owned the bank for a while while I was trust investment officer. He was just an incredible person to work for and just so supportive. If you had an idea and you wanted to run with the ball, if you could figure out how to get regulatory approval for it, you could do it. That's just the kind of person he was. But then eventually he sold the bank back to Worthen. Now all of this happened in about three years that I was there. And so I left in 1986 only because I could see the handwriting on the wall. I needed to leave while the decision was still mine. <laughs> and so I left and I had no idea what I was going to do. I ended up with a consulting contract with McElroy Bank to advise on the bank bond portfolio. And um, several of the members of the board of directors of First National Bank would call me and encourage me to start my own business. I hadn't really thought of that, but after I heard it the fourth or fifth time, I started to think, well, maybe I'll start my own business. <laughs> And then I got a call from the gentleman who owned the A.G. Edwards brokerage firm in Fayetteville, Don Trumbo. And I would run the trades from the trust department through his brokerage firm, so that's how he knew me. And he called and wanted to know if I was going to start my own business. <laughs> I said, well, I don't know. I've kind of given it some thought. And he said, well, there's some empty office space above us. And I'll just run a pipe up and put a quote machine on your desk, if that would help. Well, back then, in 86, there was no internet. And to put a quote machine on your desk, <laughs> it required dedicated phone lines and a small room of servers. I could never put a quote machine on my desk. And so that's how I launched into the business. It was with a lot of help and you know, a lot of people believed in me more than I did at that time, so that's how it happened. That is so impressive. It's amazing. <laughs> when I tell this story, I just still can't so, even believe I lived it. <laughs> well, you know, um, your story, again, reminds me of the importance of a community being yes. involved. Yes. It takes, it, it's not, an, it, we always talk about the entrepreneur, but it's the entrepreneur and the context of, the community that yeah. makes it work. Yeah. And so you've got to have the right culture to make it work. And clearly, you were willing to take the risk, which mm -hmm. was important, but you were also well qualified because you had an MBA, you had a CFA, you had experience. Yeah. Well, and I was coached into it. You know, I didn't leave First National Bank and know that I was going to set up my own business. I left because I knew I needed to leave. And I ended up when I first left the bank, I was talking to people I knew, directors that I had worked with because they knew me through my trust department work. But also I talked to Mr. McElroy and I talked to others that I knew through the Chamber of Commerce. And Hayden McElroy offered to hire me. And after I had visited with others and had this idea of starting my own firm, I went back to Hayden McElroy and told him that I was thinking of starting my own firm, and he could hire me a lot cheaper than if he hired me as an employee. <laughs> and so he did. And so I started with a $20,000 consulting contract with Hayden McElroy. So that's how it launched. And then I did buy the typewriter and get an office set up above Don Trumbo. 
and I got a quote machine on my desk. <laughs> so, you know, it takes a community, but thankfully I had one. So what are some things that stand out to you in terms of your experience in the MBA program? One of the things that I valued so much about it, it wasn't just book learning. We had experience with people who were out there doing business. And Dr. Kennedy, who was the professor in charge of the investment class that I was in, he was a consultant for Baldor Electric in Fort Smith. And the head of Baldor Electric at the time was Mr. Borum. And he came up and spoke to our class. And they were traded on the New York Stock Exchange. And back then, the people who handled the trading of an individual stock were called specialists. And the specialist was in town one time. And um, we had the specialist come in and speak to the class. <laughs> you know, we, we were getting real-world experience in Fayetteville, Arkansas, through the business school and the connections that the professors had with other people who were out there in the business world. And then one time in our portfolio management class, we were thinking about, should we buy Walmart? And this was back in 82, 83. And... Dr. Kennedy arranged for us to meet with Sam Walton. And our class of eight or nine students went up to Walmart and met with Sam Walton for about an hour and a half. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing to visit with him. And at that time, he told our class, we're not in the retail business, we're in the transportation business. And he talked about the fact that you will never face a stockout in Walmart. I didn't know what a stockout was, except I had a school-aged child, and I know that I would clip the coupons for the preschool sales, and I'd go to Kmart, and they're out. Well, that's a stockout. <laughs> and what Mr. Walton was saying is you'll never face that in Walmart. And that year, in fact, in 1983, at their annual meeting, which was always like an evangelical event. Still. It still is. He had Elizabeth Dole speak at the Walmart shareholder meeting, and at the time she was Secretary of Transportation. But we had that real-world experience as part of our education. It wasn't just books. Elaine, you've hired many of our students over the years, and students from other universities. What are some things you could share with them that might really benefit them in their career? Because of the fact that we get to pick from the cream of the crop for our student interns and, you know, they all come in with amazing skills as far as academic skills are concerned. And we really have had so much fun with our interns, which we're now on number 55 and 56. Oh, wow. I have a long history with the internship program. It's been a real blessing to us you know, just to have that access and to have that knowledge coming in to the business every day. And I would say that one of the things that, you know, I would like to see maybe in the Walton College would be something that would prepare them or coach them to go into the business world with the ability to conduct a meeting, to be able to sit down with a client across the table and be able to have the conversation and to communicate effectively and to know how to conduct that. When you launch into the business world, you make your A based on relationships. And relationships are formed in meetings, whether it's 
a board meeting or a client meeting or an executive meeting, an employee meeting. I think that's a real important part of success besides the book smart is you have to be able to communicate it effectively. And whether you're selling something or whether you're asking someone across the table to trust you with their money, the trust that's established in the meeting is not what grade you got. It's your communication skills and how you can conduct that meeting. So for you, having started your own firm, you had to be very good at it. Yeah. It's probably <laughs> one of the reasons why these people thought you should start your own firm. Mm -hmm. How did you learn those skills? Well, my dad was military. He was a World War II veteran. And, you know, we just were taught you don't interrupt. You, you have eyeball-to-eyeball -eyeball contact. We were taught how to shake hands early. You know, just all of these things that we kind of grew up knowing. But we also, over the years, we would hire someone to come in and help teach new employees. You know, we learned it as a team where we'd have this consultant come in and talk about, for instance, you should envision your face in a square. And the frame of the square is above your head, down to your shoulders, and across your neck. Into that square comes nothing when you are talking to someone across the table from you. That is an area that is protected from any interruption. No hand goes up to scratch or <laughs> pull your ear. That is your presentation face, and it shouldn't be, there should be no distractions. And, you know, just things like that. I wouldn't have thought of that, but we had that consultant that helped us to, you know, incorporate that into our client meetings. And it's just very helpful to have that skill because when you're in meetings, I like to say 30 minutes after we finish a client meeting, they probably won't be able to recite all the numbers that we gave them, but they will leave with a feeling of whether or not you should be trusted to do what you do for them. And that's what you want them to leave with. It's not just all about numbers. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Be Epic podcast from the Walton College. You can find us on Google, SoundCloud, iTunes, or look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can find current and past episodes by searching Be Epic podcast, one word, that's B-E-E-P-I-C podcast, and now be epic.